Welcome into TFW Live, the best kept secret in fantasy football, where we keep that week one feeling going all year long. I'm Austin Sear and joined here by a couple of my best friends in the whole wide world. Big Travi and Johnny Game Time Hicks. You know them as Big Travi and Johnny Game Time Hicks. And we are, of course, also joined here by you, Whisper Nation. We got Albert, we got Mike Herrick, we got Pizza Belly coming on in the chat. We got Pizza, we got Freak Stomper here, the one and only, getting over here playing a little bit of peekaboo. Yeah. Oh. Bam! Gotcha right there. Wow. I, you know, dude, I didn't even know. I didn't even know where you were going. I thought he dropped, dude. I was yeah. like, man, this I was like, uh, I was like, <laughs> is the internet drop or something? Nah, man, we just drop in serious peekaboo game. Yeah, over on TFW Live, as you already know, Whisper Nation, it's great to have you in there with us. If you're new to the show, let us know. We're going to shout you out on air. And we are trying to grow the channel by just one more member to Whisper Nation, one more member who wants to join a community where they know that they belong, because you do over here on TFW. On today's episode, we are going to be doing a 12-team PPR mock draft over on Sleeper. And we're going to be doing it with a good friend of the show here, Troy King. You know him from football, guys. Let's go ahead and bring him on. Welcome in, Troy. What's up, y'all, man? I'm so excited for this draft, and I appreciate you having me on. Let's do this. Yes, we are very excited, and thank you for joining us here today. couple of warm-up questions here. Just a Whisper Nation can get to know you a little bit better, as we like to ask our guests when they come on in. So, Troy, do you root for your NFL team or your fantasy team more? I got to probably go NFL team. For those who don't know, I gotta go I've been a Dolphins fan I was born into the fandom so I gotta go Dolphins in that one Respect. I love it I love it what year did you start playing fantasy football 2015 so I guess a little bit later than some other people but 2015 it's kind of funny right that's like seven years ago going on eight years and I know like, but it's, yeah, been, a little it's, it's been a long time but like for other people been playing a million years so dude <laughs> if your if your fantasy football history was a kid that thing would be doing like multiplication times tables by now it is Basically. a full pleasure <laughs> well in that time least least favorite fantasy football player all time Troy Least favorite? Oh, yeah. gosh. There's so many options. There's a lot of bad <laughs> ones. Uh, I'll go with, man, more recent history, I'll go Nikhil Harry, man. I thought he was going to be good. Uh, <laughs> I'll say oh right God. now, I'll say Nikhil Harry because I spent okay. a high draft pick on him. So. I feel that one. I feel that one. I bet you do two credit out there. Shout out to our <laughs> Dynasty League on this one. Fingers crossed for the move coming up for him. Favorite fantasy football, or excuse me, we did least favorite. How about favorite? fantasy football player all time troy i probably gotta go cam newton cam Ooh. newton when i first started he finished as a qb1 that year and just just cam was a fantasy football superstar and obviously this recent you know fantasy footballness has not been so great but no he's been he helped me win some championships so i love cam and that that's it I, I love that you brought that one up he certainly I made an impact know. for a lot of folks here what is a Sound or a noise that you love? I love. Mm. Huh, I love. Well, wait. Repeat the question one more time. A so, what's a sound that you love? Sound I love. Mm. Oh, the like barbecue grilling. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. sizzle. Yeah, the sizzle. That's, I love that. Can't beat the sizzle. Can't beat that one. Favorite fantasy football team name. 
Uh, I like lights, Kamara action. Okay, nice. <laughs> hopefully, we hopefully we get a, a full show from the man this year. But well, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully. Favorite favorite swear word. Ooh, I like if the one that I use a lot. Uh, I probably say shit a lot. Shit. All right. What I use the most. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm thinking that's an underrated one. Yeah. What are the most leagues that you played in at one time, Troy? It's probably right now. <laughs> I'm yeah. probably playing this like, year. I'm like at 20 right now. Oh, damn. Okay. That's yeah. meaty. That's meaty. It's got that sizzle for these it's ones. It's a for lot. Sure. Before, like, I grew a lot this year. Like, I feel like I added like six to seven leagues in the offseason. Offseason's dangerous because you just join leagues. So, yeah, yeah, everyone, right? everyone hits you up for leagues. I feel like that's the natural like progression too for like the the analyst is like well I had that one summer where I joined like twenty, and like I feel like Troy you're in that you're in that uh, those hot days. I know, right? and like, people kept warning me, and I'm like, next year I'm, I'm, I gotta leave some, y'all. I'm not gonna tell who <laughs> you say I'm no. not gonna tell who I'm leaving, but hopefully <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Like I'm trying It'll to get down to like fifteen, but we'll see. It'll work itself out. <laughs> Most exciting fantasy football moment. Ooh, fancy football moment. Probably it was the game where I think I was losing. And you remember the Miami Miracle with the Dolphins beat the Patriots? Oh, right yeah, at the yeah. End. Was that and Gronk, Gronk missed no? the, the tackle? Yeah, yeah, Gronk missed the tackle. I believe yeah. Kenyon Drake, if I'm not mistaken, my oh, league at least, he got the points. Oh, yeah. yeah. So he got the points. He scored that touchdown. And I remember, like, I think I might have. I think I might have made it to the playoffs on that, or I can't remember exactly. If it was like a playoff berth for me, or like a, a first round of the playoffs. But I remember that I'm like freaking out at the TV. So that was a big deal for me. Love that it. is a good one. How about your favorite game day beverage? Ooh, favorite game day beverage. I, I gotta go. There's a lot of choices, man. I, I like. I like Blue Moons. I like right. yeah. Orange slice or no orange slice? Orange slice. All right. Orange slice. Boneless or bone in wings? Bone in. Absolutely. Bone we said list. wings, right? Yeah. yeah. No, boneless. Absolutely. Exactly. You right now. Kick off. I love this question. I, we, get, we get some wild responses on it. Kickoff is in two minutes. You're still deciding your flex. Do you go with your gut or your weekly rankings, Troy? Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> we rankings. That's the thing. Like I'm so fickle, man. Like my, my, I could change by like five minutes. It, my feelings, like definitely my gut. It's just like the most updated weekly exactly. rankings. You're right. there. Yeah, I feel that. All right, and this is the last question. Now, what is your favorite position to draft from in 2022? The 12 spot. I like the, the 12. Spot? I like the back-to-back picks. I didn't pick it on purpose today because. The reason I picked, I actually picked number four spot because that's a hard spot. And I want to see how it is to draft the positions I don't like. And I hate the four, so I perfectly chose the four. Well, I'm glad you left the 12 for me on this one. <laughs> I'll go ahead and gobble that one up and get it started. I'm on one bookend. We got Big Travi there at the other bookend. Whisper Nation, we're in here. We got a full draft room. John, are we ready to light this thing up? Yeah. Well, Travis has to light it up. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> Travis, are we ready to light this up? Yeah, we let's do it. <laughs> oh, it's lit up. It's Ooh, burning. There we go. 
It's sizzling. Oh, this came to All right, four. moving around. Oh, we got CMC, Travi. You took him off the board there. It's not a wild pick, but it might be a little bit unusual with Jonathan Taylor still on the board. Can you walk us through a little what's got you preferring CMC over kind of the overall 101? Jonathan so, Taylor. I... I, maybe it's the contrarian me, contrarian in me that wants to do this. Like, I'm not going to buy into the narrative. Oh, you can never pick. You know, the number one never repeats. That's not exactly what we're trying to do. We've talked about that before. Thank but you. essentially, Christian McCaffrey's ceiling is what I'm chasing at the one one, mm-hmm. and that's a ceiling that nobody else can really reach based on what we've seen. And it's like you know, fantasy football breaking. Now, Jonathan Taylor's a fine pick. I think he's maybe the safest pick there's that's out there, just given age, offensive line, all those things. But he sure. did see a ton of red zone work, a ton of goal line carries. And that could have been because they were hiding Carson Wentz and they leaned on Jonathan Taylor to win games when he could. Matt Ryan should open the offense up a more. And that's necessarily usually a good thing. It's just splitting hairs at this point. And I like to see what some of my drafts work out with going with CMC, who's got a little bit more of a, you know, risk to him. But again, I just think he's got a ceiling that's pretty, pretty unmatched as far as running back goes. I appreciate you bringing up the point of uh, being it being difficult to repeat as the number one overall running back. And I hear folks in the fantasy football industry bring that up all the time. And in my head, every time I hear somebody say you can't predict the number one fantasy running back back to back, I'm like, who the fuck cares? Like, that's not what we're trying to do. I'm just trying to give myself the best chance at having a top five back that's got some real ceiling and can win me some weeks when my other players decide not to show up. Like, I don't need the one one. I just need a guy who's going to, like, give me some really good finishes and then, like, overall be pretty good on that one. Uh, But what you're saying is we need to dive a little bit deeper and see how much the regression is after that breakout year of number finishing number one. Yes, I think more telling. Yes, yes. Tell me what the propensity to finish after. Uh, number one overall spot is give me the data on that over the last 10 years, because if you're telling me you've got an 80% chance of getting an RB one, taking the guy who finished as the number one, like that makes this whole conversation just a little bit easier to me, but I want to kick it over now to Troy King, who in the four spot took Austin Eckler. He avoided CMC and John Taylor. They were already taken off the board. And I wanted to know what you were kind of thinking, Troy, in this PPR setup to stay with a halfback, albeit one who catches though, a lot of passes in Austin Eckler. Were you stoked to pick up Austin Eckler? Were you oh. kind of like in the fritz? What were you thinking? Oh, no, I was excited because yeah. for me, that's the thing the four spot. I didn't like the four spot, but one thing that I did like is that everyone, the top three people dictated who I was going to go with, right? And then look, Austin Eckler had a monster season last year, 20 touchdowns, and again, rushing the ball, and he was good at catching the ball. So Austin Eckler, again, he's He's in that Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey range now. Like he's in the lead back. And to me, especially in redraft leagues, I like to take advantage of workhorse backs who also catch passes. As the later you go in drafts, the less of those there are. So I'm going to capitalize when I get an opportunity to get one of those guys. I just love how in uh, Hard Knocks two years ago, when they had, they showed like Austin Eckler and he was like clearly out jumping everybody on the goal line <laughs> drill and then they never used him on the goal line it was like and they were like complimenting him. they're like oh you're so good around the goal line you're so good at jumping you can hi- jump higher than anyone you jump a small building but we're not going to give it to you e- even though you can 
and we and he can do so much. And Travis, I wanted to ask you about Austin Eckler because I've reluctantly like come around on the Austin Eckler steam. And like I don't even know what come around means. It's like Austin, you missed the fucking bus. Bus. Like, <laughs> oh, good job. Now you're like looking and seeing the reality of his numbers. Okay, fine, right? Like he's done what he's done. And there isn't a lot of logic suggesting he's not going to do exactly what he did again. If I'm looking at this, Travis, Austin Eckler's literally only concern for me is health. And I think he's actually gotten kind of a bad bag for being injury prone when he plays the majority of the season every time he's been active. So where are you looking at with Austin Eckler is, is have kind of the third running back off the board, the accurate spot for you for Austin Eckler right now. That's a little rich for my blood, but I don't, I don't, I don't mock it or anything like that. Like I, I think I shouldn't say mock. I, I don't, I don't poo poo it anything. I don't, I'm not down on Troy's pick here. And I think, like you said, we look at it one way. You could say, oh, all these touchdowns. What was it? Twenty total touchdowns last year. Yeah. You could say, oh my God, he's up for regression. Well, not if you're in that offense. Like, not. I don't know if you can really say he's up for regression. Plus, he's playing the Kamara role for an offense that was, you know, similar, similar like this, using their pass catcher, you know, extensively, using him in the red zone because he's great at the goal line, and he proved that. You talked about the injury concern, and then it's a guy who's like, well, I'm going to dedicate it, my body to, like, making sure it stands the test of time here as I make this pick really quickly. Don't you do it. And as you, I want to throw in here, too, before, yes, they picked up Isaiah Spiller, Johnny's guy this year, to, to be, right, be a backup running yeah, back. Dude, but guy. before that, they picked up Larry Roundtree. Before that, they picked up Joshua Kelly. And they had Josh Jackson there before the whole time, too. They've continually no. tried to find a complimentary back, and they haven't been able to find it since Austin Eckler was the complimentary back for Melvin Gordon. Like, it's not as easy just to find a running back who can play effective, consistent football. I know in today's NFL, we like to say, just grab a dude off the couch and plug him in and give him 15 touches. He's going to be good. Yeah, well, tell that to the Chargers. They've tried to do that. <laughs> and they haven't been able to pull it off. So, like, Roundtree was not this coaching staff. This, like, this is the first spiller is this. No, but it is the GM. Running back. It is the GM. And so, uh, don't try to my, last, point. my last point on Austin Eckler is okay. that if you think that he could regress, I think there's ways for him to actually make up for it. So we talk about how good this offense is and all the players on it. I mean, there's a case to say that Austin Eckler is maybe the best skill possession player on that team. You know, Mike, I love Keenan Allen. I love Mike Williams. It's not a knock to them, but he is a guy that is just as good, if not better, at what he does than those guys. You look at Keenan Allen's efficiency metrics, they're actually kind of on the decline. He's getting up there in age. You look at Mike Williams, never been a model of health. So when this offense gets their back against the wall in that really tough division and they've got to win games, like they're going to go to their best weapon. And Eckler, you know, I think he can profile as that main vein for them. I think so, too. On this one, I want to say what I have to do it for. 20, what's going on, man? Good to see you here. Switching over now to another explosive player outside of Austin Eckler. Troy, I wanted to get your take on Debo Samuel as we're kind of working through these rounds here. We've spoken a lot about Debo Samuel, but there's still more that needs to be said. Debo is... As requested a trade, he hasn't pulled that back. He had an unbelievably amazing year last year in year three, which was a real outlier with his first three years in the NFL. Not to suggest he can't have another amazing year next season, but I, I wanted to know where you stand on Debo Samuel, both in terms of like, is he going to be with the 49ers? Is he a happy camper? If he is or if he isn't, what does that do to his fantasy production? And what's your appetite on Debo Samuel coming in this year? 
so I now I was certain that he was going to get traded originally, but now I am now I'm scaling back on that. It doesn't it seems like they're going to work it out? His best scenario is staying in San Francisco. Now I feel like with Kyle Shanahan, right? Debo's. It sounds like from the reports we've heard that he doesn't want to really play that running back position anymore. He wants to be a receiver, which I totally understand. And there's he there's longer shelf life playing the receiver role, but. He got his extra fantasy juice by doing being a running back and a wide receiver. So we're probably going to see, I mean, I don't like to say regression all the time, but if there's a regression candidate out there, Debo Sanders is probably the poster boy of regression. So I do see it. But at the same time, it doesn't matter if he regresses a little bit. He's still going to be really freaking good. So I'm still excited for him. Where the, where you guys drafted, it's – so he was what wide receiver, like six off the board or so, like yeah, six seven. That's that's a little rich for my blood. Like mm-hmm. I rather some other guys ahead of him, but I think he's like I think he could be a wide receiver one definitely. Like I that's I I definitely see that. It's just like where he finished last year. I'm a little bit more skeptical that we're going to see that type of performance again. But I like Debo. But if he and I think Shanahan's going to find creative ways to use him. Yeah, yeah I. His best bet is to stay in San Francisco for fantasy purposes, but I'm expecting some regression from him. He's such an interesting one. He's like he's got a very volatile player, real high ceiling, low floor too. Johnny, I know last week's mock, Ian Harditz from Pro Football Focus joined the show, and he had some interesting comments about George Kittle, actually, and I saw you nodding along. I wanted to know if any of those – had kind of stuck with you. And I'm asking you this question right as you're on the clock because I just want to fuck with your draft a little bit. No, I'm just playing on here. I did want to know, though, if Ian Harditz's comments about George Kittle, which I thought were a little bit refreshing because the man's 28 years old. He's an elite talent at the tight end position. Really, his only concern, he's going to block so damn good that he's going to get hurt and then he's not going to be active. But did any of the conversation with Ian Harditz shift your outlook on the San Francisco pass catchers, Debo Samuel and George Kittle? I mean, it made me think like second look at and take a oh man, and it did. It happened. Oh my gosh. Got your boy. Got your boy. I don't want him. Like that's horrible. Oh, that's so bad, dude. See what happened. You have me clicking on tight end. Oh, dude, that was horrible. I hate that. I mean, I do think Monty will be fine this year in that system. I do think, but he's he's always going to get hurt. So that's just what See, it is with, with for Monty. Me, I was going to say, I like Monty too. It's just like, I just want him to slip a little bit more for me to get comfortable with him. I just don't have any Monty in my dress because he always goes, oh, well, I don't want him to go. I always want him to go later, but maybe my expectations are just not realistic. But yeah. <laughs> I just, th- yeah. So getting back, you're on, and you're on auto draft, Connie. Like, you're, you're on yeah, auto draft. You're on auto draft. Well, I need to. Okay, hold on. Turn <laughs> off. Turn off auto pick. Oh, oh thank you. Yeah, just, oh, just barely. Oh, just barely, dude. Um, I'm all right. Fine. I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna do take I think 30, the last dirty herbs, dude. I think the herbs. one point I think people aren't looking at with Debo. Like, if you were looking at yards per reception, would you think that Debo was third in the league, better than Jamar Chase, you know, better than MVS, better than, like, some of these deep threats? Like, that's what he was. 18.25 in yards per reception. So, as a receiver, Debo was really good. And we're we're forgetting that because he was used so much in the red zone as a runner as well. 
It's just about where does, you know, where do we meet in the middle on his receiving usage and the Trey Lance, you know, conundrum. Is Trey Lance going to be able to get him? And I think in that offense, they'll scheme it to existence. Like he's just I was, so, he's so good. I love those points, Travi. You almost see Debo kind of like Cooper Cup, where we're talking about this unbelievable year. And it's like, okay, incorporate 25% regression. The dude is still a wide receiver one. You know, you're enjoying that. But I wanted to ask Troy, Miami fan. Got a new wide receiver one in the house. He's got a new wide receiver one for his mock draft here. In the second round, Troy, you took Tyreek Hill. This is a name that people feel strongly about on both sides of the conversation, the ceiling, the floor. You liked him enough to take him as your first wide receiver. Could you speak a little on Tyreek Hill and specifically as a Dolphins fan? What are you looking at? Sure. So with Tyreek Hill, I have realistic expectations, right? I'm not expecting him to necessarily put up the same numbers that he put up with Patrick Mahomes, right? It's just, again, Tua, I like Tua, but he's not that guy in terms of that aspect. But mm-hmm. the Dolphins aren't didn't pay Tyreek Hill all that money not to give him an insane target share, right? And then right. Tyreek Hill just completely changes the entire offense. Speaking about him just directly that he's going to command the highest target share. And I think that with the McDaniels offense, I'm expecting him to bring should mirror similar to what we saw in San Francisco and it just creative ways to use Tyreek Hill to get him the ball. And we know he's a yak monster. So I believe that at the wide receiver eight, in this case, the upside to me is just too much to ignore with that talent and the way I believe he's going to be used. But yeah, I just think with him, he, helps the entire offense with he's going to get the stronger coverage, which obviously is going to help Jalen Waldo is going to help Mike Isicki, even Cedric Wilson. He, he's probably going to benefit a lot. He's the obviously the third wide receiver, but that's somebody super late that you can get in drafts and who knows he's going to get no coverage at all if they go into three wide receiver sets. But, uh, but no, but in terms of Tyreek Hill, I think, People, the hate is a little too much just because Tua isn't Patrick Mahomes. Doesn't mean they're not, he's not going to get a high target share. He's not going to get, you know, the yard. It's, again, it's not going to be exactly the same, but he's still going to get his. So to me, at wide receiver eight, I like the upside and I'm really confident in what he's going to bring to the team and what he's going to bring to fantasy this year. Not only that, but they they are most likely going to use him in that Debo role and give him those carries out of the backfield. I'm not, yeah. yeah. So like, I think that's where his his you know value becomes very safe to me. Um, now again, do I think that he could be the number one overall again? I'm not sure when with Tua, but I definitely think that he's still going to be a top ten wide receiver um, this year. There, there. I was talking about Austin yesterday though because uh, he has Tyreek and. The opening part of their schedule is brutal, um, but then you get oh, yeah. you get like into Patriots, October. Baltimore, yeah. uh, the Bills, the Bills, yeah. So, but then once you get into October, it should be gravy. Yeah, the way it is, it's like it starts off hard, easy for a few weeks, and we end the season hard. So basically, yep. we need to like steal some games, and we need to steal some games early on. The middle of our schedule is pretty cake. We should win majority of them at the end of the season. We'll see what type of you know team we are, but we really need to win those middle ones, and we gotta steal some early because, like you said, the beginning of our schedule it's it's pretty tough. Mm-hmm. It is pretty good. Just a quick shout out there to Tyreek. I love to see these guys with really impressive, consistent careers, and I know his game by game is up and down, but five out of six years as wide receiver one. 
for Tyreek Hill in his six years. So not bad for a guy that was supposed to be a gadget, remember? Not so bad, Jalen Ramsey. Not yeah. so bad. Yeah. You know, on this and that that isn't oh, yeah, standard. He right. did finish wide receiver two his rookie year. Yeah, and he said, yeah, they had a little bit of back and forth on I that. I just got sniped so hard. <laughs> oh, well, oh I just, there we go. I got, uh, you got Galen Hurts. You got sniped, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. It was right there. Right ah! there. I got sniped and there so is, hard. And then there isn't, like, another guy who fills that same type of no, slot. No, exactly. Now I'm just got to I mean, there there is what are you thinking about nobody now? wants to – no one wants to jump on the ship yet. Uh, Trey Lance? Oh! You got Dylan. No, I wanted Dylan. That was the guy I was eyeing. Oh. Listen, look, you should yell at what's-his-face for taking hurts from me. I wasn't going to go Dylan. Yeah, that, was, that, was, that was dirty, dude. That was dirty. Right. I got sniped. I got sniped at mine, too, and I was really reeling from it, too, with I wanted Amari Cooper. I'll take him on Ross and Brown. I'm cool with that one. But, damn, it stings. It really does. Do you have any little tips or things you try to follow, Troy, when you go into drafts to avoid the psychological collateral damage that can happen getting sniped? Uh, I mean, that's a good one. I feel like no matter how many drafts you experience, getting sniped hurts sometimes. But you know what? You just, so bad. So I, I cry internally for a bit, and then I get back on track. And then I'm like, yeah. all right, what does my team need? I went receiver a bunch of rounds. And it was funny. Like I was I was thinking about Schultz, too. So if I didn't go Dylan, I was thinking about Schultz. So okay, I do good. like that, that pick. But, yeah, I think it's about, hey, I'll cry a little bit. What do my team need? And keep it moving. That's just how I that's how I kind of do things. That's a smart way. I'm just going to plug this one. I forgot the Yahoo writer who had mentioned this years ago, but she had written this article, and I just thought it was so good. And it was like, count out the players when it's coming up. And just if you're three spots away, have four people in mind. Just and plan on every single guy you want being taken in that exact order. And then you're just expecting it. And it just works out. But Travi, I wanted to swing this over to you now and ask if your draft is going as you expected. You got four wide receivers in a row. Alan Robinson, Rashad Bateman, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Gabe Davis. High ceiling, high floor guys with some real question marks on them. Kind of fun, kind of scary. How are you feeling about it? Um, I think that's the area that I want to gamble on wide receiver. You know, like the fourth through seventh round is where I want to start throwing darts. Um, I think that if I had these wide receivers in real life, I'd be smoking more darts than I'd be throwing them because it is it is a little bit scary here. You're you're like a little bit nervous on some of these guys, but the upside is through the roof, and I I, I think that's just where I want to be with these. You know, this has definitely become like the pure upside team this build. So you asked how it's going. Uh, it's a little bit fast and loose, but I like it. And and we had a comment that said, you know, Cortland Sutton driving up boards. Um, he was he was there four six, right? Uh, that's wh- who I was kind of hoping to anchor my wide receivers, uh, or Mike Williams, who got taken right before me. So oh, these guys yeah. are like really moving up um, some of the anchor wide receivers, and that and rightfully so. I think that's kind of where they belong. Um, yeah. So it's just Not- kind of what happens on the end a little bit here. But I I don't mind the offenses or at least the roles I invested in with these wide receivers. So I think we'll, de- it'll depend on how the rest shakes out. I missed on Jalen hurts, but it looks like it wouldn't have mattered uh, because uh, Troy was going to get him. Absolutely. Uh, so we'll see what happens uh, with the late quarterback situation too. Not in April anymore. Hey, Not Troy, in- Drake London yeah. or, Tr- or Traylon Burks. Drake London. There we go. All right. Ugh, I'm not on him. I know. I, I, I I'm, I'm out. No, Can you so, speak- so- I'm going to tell you why I like Drake London, right? Because one, I mean, there's multiple reasons, right? I just like his athletic profile. He's 6'5". And just also look at Atlanta. Look at their wide receiver core. It's 
putrid. You really can't name anybody besides Kyle Pitts who they're going to throw the ball to. So, right, so it's going to be jump balls in the red zone all day to Pitts and Drake London. And also, you don't invest that draft capital in the type of guy you don't expect to give him a heavy target share. But it's a, the combination of talent and opportunity in that offense. I expect them not to be a good team. So Atlanta's going to have to throw the ball early and often. And again, who are you going to throw it to, Pitts right. or London? So to don't. me, for all those reasons, I'm excited. Even as a rookie coming in, I'm excited for him to put up some numbers this year. Don't don't forget about my boy Brian Edwards over there. He has a relationship with uh, with uh, Mariota. Literally did. And then, oh, man. And then <laughs> yeah, thanks for reminding and, me and, about Brian and, Edwards. Hey, on, and man. not only that, but I'll remind you <laughs> that – this very same coaching staff <laughs> took another wide receiver, number nine overall, and he was tagged to Mariota in the first round. That would How'd be that work out? one and one. It didn't work out. That's my point. Oh. Is that it was horrible, <laughs> and now he plays for the Jets and uh, Corey Davis, who might not even play this year because they've got three yeah, better Corey receivers. Davis. Corey Davis did all right. Corey Davis did all right. Ish. You know who. Yeah, he was he was okay. He wasn't like anything. Yeah, he wasn't first round worthy. That's he's sizzle. Sure. Yeah. sizzle. <laughs> you never played Corey Davis. And even when you did, you were concerned you, about it. Bite your tongue, young man. You I don't, played you don't know my Davis. life, dude. I, I might have played Corey Davis. I do know your life. I played in all the leagues with you guys. <laughs> and you've Yeah, you've seen me. Yeah, play well then. Full receipts there. Oh shit! I want to. I want to get actually a little bit of of word spoken here on Brandon Ayuk. Troy, we saw the negative camp report. I traded for Brandon Ayuk after his rookie year. I freaking love the dude. I love him hurtling. I think he's athletic as hell. I think this like doghouse Shanahan commentary is unfortunate. Um, it definitely had an impact to start the year, but he had a good end. Then we're getting these reports now that he's not having like the coolest off season, and Juwan Johnson <laughs> is. And I'm picking up on both. But I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't want to spend too much. We spent a lot of time already on Debo Samuel. But can you talk to me on Brandon Ayuk? Uh, is this a uh, do you actually have some optimism here or is this just like a play the numbers approach? Uh, for me, it's kind of just playing the numbers. I was just looking. Ah. Available. And also, I'm just looking who's available right now. Right. In yeah. this spot. So you got like a couple rookies and just Brandon Ayuk in the eighth, late eighth. Like I, I'm willing to take that upside. Right. Because. Yeah. We, we've seen him perform. We, again, he's a good player. And the whole doghouse thing, that was such a bizarre. What his what happened with him where he oh, just yeah. got benched for, like, again, he was, like, the fourth receiver on the team at one point. Like, yeah. I have no idea what was happening last year. But to me, he's talented. And late eighth round, I'm willing to take that chance on him. So, yeah, I, I like Brandon. One thing I did want to mention, right, it's, it's not about Brandon and you, but one thing I noticed is, like, the RB dead zone has been like popping off, right? Because like this mm. seventh round, a lot of running backs have gone, right? And the reason I mentioned that is because a lot of guys that I've been targeting, right? The way my build was, see, like normally Mine the Waller, yeah, my build yeah, is like yeah, from Damian Harris all the way into CPAT, right? Like I don't like the CPAT pick was gross, but to me, it's like again, he's gonna get the opportunity, and fortunately. Sleeper doesn't have him as a running back wide receiver anymore. I'm still kind of salty about that, but he's going to get the opportunity. <laughs> I'm with. I was like, I was going back and forth and between Singletary and and Patterson. Didn't like it's either. Like these one. guys like Penny and and Edwards, Alaire, Pollard, Hunt. You're like, oh, these guys will be here. You know, like I'm over here at the end of the eighth, ninth turn. 
None of them I were there. I'm like, the oh, there were going to be there too. I think we thought <laughs> all of them were going to be there. So like, it. <laughs> can, we, can, we, can we dive in and try to actually excavate a little value here for Whisper Nation and identify in this RB dead zone? You know, we can sum it up here. It, 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 the, we're going to be a little loose with the dead zone here, but these guys that are available a little bit later, right? Damien Harris, Cream Hunt, Tony Pollard, CEH, Rashad Penny, James Cook. I'd say throw in Michael Carter, Patterson. All of these guys are all fair game. Pretty much after I'd say AJ Dillon was taken. So that Damian Harris in the seventh yeah, round, now down till now. <laughs> Who are the guys people should actually be keeping an eye on? Guys that can, one, help keep you going throughout the season and get you into those playoffs. And then two, guys that actually could be playoff difference makers for you. Kareem you Hunt. Okay. For me, Kareem Hunt. We've seen his upside already in the past. Last year, we didn't get to see it because he got hurt. But to me, it's the same offensive system. If he's healthy, it's going to be... Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, again, he's going to get, obviously, the pass-catching opportunities as well as goal-line opportunities like we've seen in the past. So, to me, he's one of the more proven commodities that you can get here. I also like Damian Harris. The problem with Damian Harris is that he doesn't catch any passes, so you're going to have to rely on the touchdowns, which he's going to get those opportunities. It's just not a sticky stat. But to me, Kareem Hunt, I absolutely love. And I was going to get him, but, yeah, I got sniped back. <laughs> so what many you, guys that what do you think on. what do you think big travi uh so we're like kind of picking a running back in this yeah range. Like if you really do it for us so i think i like johnny's pick of melvin gordon here and the reason is like i love javante i think all the advanced metrics are, are unbelievable on javante but we got to start uh you know we've got to stop disrespecting melvin gordon so much he's still pretty good they use him in the red zone, and he can catch passes. And he's got the shower narrative in with Russell Wilson because they played college ball together. So, yeah. like, we've got we've got some things lining up for Melvin Gordon. You can get him so late. I think that Ramondre – or Ramondre – I think that uh, Javante should establish himself this year, but what if he doesn't, you know? And, and that would take Melvin Gordon showing us something that he hasn't done yet, which is, the you know, slowing down. I like him. I also like not to – pump up Johnny's team here. I like Devin Singletary for the same kind of reasons. Showed us, you know, when somebody shows you what they can do, you believe them. And down the stretch last year, Devin Singletary, when given the opportunity, was running a ton and getting the volume that he needed to be a top 10 back down the stretch in the last month or so of the season. The other thing about Devin Singletary that's not being talked about a lot with Buffalo is the coaching staff not really loving what Dable was doing towards the end of his tenure, throwing as much as they did, and maybe they're trying to fix an offense. You know, Maybe Sean McDermott's imprint is going to be on this offense a little bit more, which would cause them to run a little bit more. Um, and I think that you know James Cook is going to have a role, but expecting him to be you – know, It's not the Singletary the- role. Yeah, it's not the Singletary role. It's I not. Think- it's just straight up not. I wanted to throw in – I think – you know, pointing on that of the roles there in Buffalo is an important point to bring up because it shows the roles different running backs have. And when we talk about Kareem Hunt, when we talk about Devin Singletary, even when we talk about Melvin Gordon, these guys are all with established roles as we expect for them to hold. Um, so, and, and I think those are all really, really valuable in fantasy football. And I think those roles keep a high ceiling for most of these players, all of which I think they're going to maintain the one name I'm going to throw out there in this range, because he is in a bit of a special situation, but that's Rashad Penny. Who's right here. Like Rashad Penny, the only thing holding against him, well, two things that are going up against him. One, the possibility of, of, I don't want to even say illogical coaching. I just want to say a volatile coaching, volatile coaching is a possibility in Seattle and health. 
That's the two things working against Rashad Penny. But again, last six weeks, a third of the season, this is the number one overall running back in the NFL who comes in with high draft capital, who now is dealing with a running back room full of less tenured faces than his own. The beat writer reports out of uh, Seattle camp have been good so far. Really encouraging. I think even over, I think they're overboard. I think the guy who said that Rashad Penny is going to be getting 20 plus touches a game hasn't been paying attention to the offense that this uh, Seattle Seahawks team runs. But nonetheless, you get 14, 15 touches out of Rashad Penny. Like he's a back end RB1 for you, probably just like we've seen a, whoever the running back there in Seattle is. So there you are, Whisper Nation, on a few of those ones to keep an extra eye on. The Seattle blurb, 20 touches a game. They might, Are they going to run 20 plays a game? Like, right. Yeah, like I don't know how he's going to get 20 touches unless they're in a lot of scripts where they're winning. And uh, I don't know like if that's going to happen, but I think crazier things have happened, I guess. It's, I think the craziest thing I was hoping to have happen was Marquez Valdez-Scantling to slide uh, 22 picks, Travis. I was going between him and Alan Lazard, but Marquez Valdez-Scantling right now, speaking of training camp reports, We've been talking a lot of the wide receiver room in Kansas City for obvious reasons. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Who is going to be the beneficiary of all these vacated targets? MVS has been a popular name as of late. Is that what you were thinking, Travi? I really was arbitraging my entire Kansas City wide receiver situation. <laughs> I, took, I took Juju, so I took MVS. So hopefully one of those is the guy, at least that's getting you know, either volume or the big shots. I think I had a, and there was an interesting point I had heard uh, Evan Silva make that MVS is getting all the hype on things that don't really matter for football. Like he's a leadership <laughs> guy. Like he's got this, he's, he's, he's like, you know, he's like Pat Mahomes best friend. And it's like, dude, okay. Like uh, we don't like, remember, like I'm a Green Bay Packers fan. I'm old enough to remember that MVS was going to be the right hand man to Aaron Rodgers, And, and he was playing so fast and he's incredible and all these things. So that's partly why the reason why I'm not as bought in on Alan Lazard, because Rodgers hypes up these players, but quarterbacks hype up players all the time. And I don't know if that necessarily matters. I do want a piece of this. And so I planted two flags here. That's kind of what that was about. I feel like Johnny, what are you thinking on MBS? I know you made a trade earlier for Juju Smith Schuster. We love Juju with the possibilities he brings. We've seen him do it before. How are you looking at the Kansas City wide receiver room today? I do think that MBS is like the safest of the wide receiver group, but um, I really hope they put him in the slot. That's where I think that he could really benefit the most. And if they do that, then I think he has a lot bigger upside than uh, if they put him like in that Robinson or, or even the uh, Sammy Watkins role that they have on the outside. There's no way they put him in a slot though, like with Juju there, right though. Like that's, that's, what, I, that's what I was thinking too. No, that's what, what do you think they like, asked about Juju, right? Like, oh, I thought you were no, I thought you were saying MBS. So no. I thought that. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they if they put Juju in the slot, then I do think that he has the upside. Uh, that's where he needs to play in order to have that upside. Um, but if they, you know, move him to that outside role, that Sammy Watkins role, then that is a little troublesome because we've seen that just be mediocre. Uh, and then I do think then at that point, MBS would be the guy that uh, that you would want because he has the highest upside. I'm so excited to see what happens in the Kansas City wide receiver room. Like people have such strong 
takes they've made. It's going to be Sky Moore. Like, no, it's going to be Juju on this one. People are really coming out swinging. Troy, any any takes you have on the Kansas City room before we move on? I mean, I disagree with what everyone said. I feel like Juju, He, we've seen him be most successful really operating out of the slot. So if he can mm-hmm. somehow play in the slot, but also Travis Kelsey sometimes is in the slot. So how is that going to work out, right? right. But right. if we can see yeah. Juju play out of the slot, that'll be really excited. If they put him as an X all the time, like – I'm going to be less excited about it, but we're going to know early on, like how they plan on utilizing him. But again, it's a crapshoot. I just think I know that I'm not excited about Miko Hartman. That's the only thing I do know about the situation, but I feel like it could be the Juju MVS or Sky Moore. We'll see. And any, anything elaborate on the Miko one? I'm saying, hey, out of all of these wide receivers we're talking about, only one of these guys had 11 targets, eight catches for over 100 yards in the final game of the season last year from Patrick Mahomes. Any, or is that just, nope, sorry, Miko. It's just, it's not you, dude. I'm just, I'm just done. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, like, I'm just, I'm just, like, like I was a Miko truther, but I just can't anymore. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think we all get to that point at, at some point. Nope, I'm getting off the pot. And we we don't even have to we don't even have to press the flusher. So with that, as we're coming down to the end of it here, Troy, I wanted to ask get your take here. You took Tol, um, not not Jalen Tolbert, who Johnny took the round before that. You took Johan Dotson, and you, we had talked a little bit about Drake London. We talked a little bit about Traylon Burks. It wasn't too long ago. Rookie wide receivers were just going to burn a hole in your roster, and you really didn't do yourself any favors picking one up. But in the last couple of years, there seems to be at least one rookie wide receiver who's breaking the thousand yard mark, usually a couple who are flirting with it. It's now become a pick the receiver, the rookie receiver that's going to have a sizable impact. Jamar Chase, obviously, last year was an elite wide receiver coming in his rookie season. Can you talk to me a little bit about rookie wide receivers and then maybe uh, with Dotson's approach too? Sure. Picking him up. Yeah. Sure, of course. So rookie wide receivers are scary. I will say that because, but. I have to look at what the situation dictates. So in Washington, let's look at who they have around, right? It's Terry McLaurin, the shell of Curtis Samuel. We, we don't know what's going on with Curtis Samuel. He was injured, but are we really expecting him to really make a significant impact? I don't know. But Jahan Dotson, I believed in the talent in college, right? And then when he got the first round draft grade, I was pleasantly surprised he went 16 overall. But I'm like, okay. They got significant draft capital. I'm looking at the commander situation. They got absolutely nobody to throw to outside of Terry, really. And like what, J.D. McKissick from the backfield. So, and I just believe that. And also I like the camp reports that I've been hearing. So I say in the 13th round, why swing for the upside, right? We have no idea which one of these, I feel like we don't know which one of these rookie wide receivers is going to make this impact the fastest but i believe in the talent and he has the opportunity to produce so i'd say late 12 i don't mind taking a shot in that case i appreciate those takes i think that's i think that's valuable as well travi any insights here with rookie wide receivers i mean i talent opportunity when those things have kind of worked together we've seen some effective outputs for fantasy is there anything else we should incorporate 
Yeah, and the fact that we've just seen wide receivers be a little bit more ready over recent years. Mm, we've seen yeah. them coming in the league a little bit more ready for the pro style. So you want to get a guy. I think that's part of the reason why I was late to Olave in the process, but I got more onto Olave because of his route running ability, ability to separate. And a lot of these scouts, smarter than I, and in, in developing, you know, and looking at developing talent said, look, this is one of the best route runners we've seen, not just in this draft class. So that's some of the things I look for is can they play um, the NFL game right now because they're going to have a better chance for that opportunity that you mentioned there, Austin. And Dwayne McFarland does a really good job of looking at the routes. Uh, PFF, you, uh, you can check his stuff out over there. Looking at the routes that rookies run and, and that the NFL loves to run, like the percentage of the style of wide receiver routes that they run. And you can kind of see if they were good at those routes in college – you know, they should be theoretically Probably. good at those routes in the NFL. You know, things happen and change, but that's kind of what I look for. Can they can they adjust? And then you see guys that can do that already and then explode. Uh, yeah. Then they explode like a Jamar Chase or a Justin Jefferson because they were good at separating. They did all the stuff that fundamentally, and then they had an uh, either – great opportunity like Jefferson or, you know, a great situation with like Joe Burrow and Chase. Now, granted, those guys were really high talents, but we, we got a few of those in the first round this year. That's definitely a strength of this draft class was wide receiver. So I think those are astute points. Good ones to bring in there. And Whisper Nation, we are done with our mock draft. We've got this one now in the bag. Way to go, Whisper Nation. Johnny, oh, Troy, cool. Travis, and myself. What we're going to do now is move over to our notorious draft grades. Uh, the professor, by the request with Professor Ron, who's always wanted us to break down our own, we'll go ahead and get those ones started. We'll give a rundown of the panel's teams first. Whisper Nation, you let us know how we did before we're going to go ahead then and break down your squads and let you know if we think you've got a championship contending team in the playoffs, on the bubble or on the outside looking in for this mock draft. Well, I will go ahead and just take first stab at it. We'll start over on the right side and work our way to Travi at the 101. I drafted at the 12 spot, <laughs> excuse me, in this PPR setup, and I took Joe Mixon and DeAndre Swift there as my one-two with Brees Hall to round out my running back room. I wanted to get myself some running backs that were going to be decent volume, if not high volume, but that also had a chance to catch passes. And I was pretty darn happy to see DeAndre Swift available there with the 13th overall pick. I'm happy to swoop him up. Love what he's able to do on the ground and in the air. And Joe Mixon was finally that RB1, even on the top half of the RB1 scale. The only thing really working against him is health and possibly some more action from the other running back room, which I'm not totally concerned by. I like Brees Hall as my rookie running back for 2022. Was happy that he was there in the third. Then picked up DK Metcalf and went with essentially a bit of a wide receiver anchor approach on this one, not picking a, a wide receiver up until the fourth. The Travi, Johnny, and I were having a bit of a spirited conversation about DK Metcalf's fantasy viability. I think DK Metcalf is about as solid as they come from a physical and skill point. I'm not too concerned with who his quarterback is because of what he's able to bring to the table. He's been an R uh, wide receiver one last year, even with questionable plays. I was fine to have him kind of be the anchor for my wide receiver room. And then I just tried to fill in as many high floor, decent ceiling wide receivers to follow. Amon Ross St. Brown, Drake London, Christian Kirk, 
Alan Lazard, and then, of course, Johnny's boy, Corey Davis, to round out the wide receiver core there. He tries to say I'd never pick him up. There he is for you, Johnny. <laughs> I wanted to get No, these. I said you never picked him up before. Guys, bro, just full of them. So Amon Ross St. Brown, Drake London would presumably be the other two fill-ins. I, I like that on a matchup-based approach. Uh, Kyler Murray, high upside quarterback. He's got a shot to be the number one overall. I was happy to grab him there in the fifth round. Dallas Godard and Albert O there as my tight ends. I usually like waiting on the tight ends as we go on further down, but where G- Dallas Godert was at, I didn't see any other players that really grabbed my attention. And I think he does have a chance to be a bit of an answer, not just a jag for your tight end position this year, Dallas Godert. I mean, I'm on the fence with him, but it was fine to grab him and pick him up in that spot. And then just grabbed added Justin Fields for a little bit of extra quarterback depth and Tyler Algier in the same thing for the running back spot. There's the team. Yeah, I, I like this team. Um, it, like we we were talking in that same conversation about DK Metcalf about my prolocli whatever my uh, my ability to draft wide receiver and be a guy that you want to consistently uh, go to. I actually like the way you recovered. If I if you would have told me you were going to start with DK Metcalf, I thought the rest of your wide receiver core was really good. Even if I hate DK Metcalf, right? Like I thought Amon Ross St. Brown could be your staple wide receiver too. And I'm really warming on Christian Kirk. I think if we look at the Doug yeah, Peterson offenses, they throw a ton and it's fun to dunk on that contract they gave him. But sometimes when you're the worst team in the league, you got to give out contracts so people come to your team. And I think that he is a guy that is, stands to be the number one pass catcher in that offense. And why not in the ninth and, and same with Alan Lazard in the 10th. So for me, I think it's a firm, playoff team if not a contender because like Brees Hall's my third running back he signed me up like let's go I kind of like that one there yeah I was, all right I well was gonna, oh sorry I was, I was gonna go for it. Say, go yeah no you're you're running backs I feel like they're obviously gonna they're gonna carry your team right and I just I like the way you build your wide receivers around your running backs I feel like they all have good upside opportunity to get a lot of volume in their offenses so I like the way you built your team I think at least playoffs I think you definitely have a shot at I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that take. Troy, how about you? You want to give us a breakdown on your oh, yeah. squad sucking in the fourth oh. round? Yeah, I'll definitely give you a breakdown. So Austin yeah. Eckler, I only have to tell y'all again his upside. So I kind of did like an anchor running back, right? So I got my my RB1 and I just went wide receiver, right? So high upside wide receivers, Hill, A.J. Brown, Marquise yes. Brown, Brandon Cooks. So guys who were have high upside, are going to get a lot of volume, especially Marquise Brown with DeAndre Hopkins who's going to be suspended for six games. I built it so, okay, if he's going to be the wide receiver one, he's going to get volume. And Zach Ertz, Zach Ertz, I know he's old. I know he's kind of gross, but he did really well last year, and he got targeted highly in that offense. So what's going to happen, especially with D-Hop missing so many games, it's going to be the Marquise Brown, Zach Ertz show. So mm-hmm. I like that upside there. And then Brandon Ayuk. Again, he's a guy that with my wide receiver five, like I just, to me, he has that upside where I really like that spot. And then I got guys like A.J. Dillon. So A.J. Dillon has a chance to step up this year. I don't believe he's going to be that much of a pass catcher. Now that Devontae Adams is gone, I believe Aaron Jones is going to take the pass catching. But I think you're going to use A.J. Dillon on short yardage and the goal line because he's 250 pounds. Like he should be used on the goal line. So I think we see that. Exactly. Oh, yeah, we saw what he did to the mascot. Yeah. He should be drafted in the first round just for that. But yeah. nah, because 
the way I approach my running backs, right? I mean, either you catch passes or you have an opportunity to score touchdowns. So mm-hmm. CPAP, we saw what he did last year. He scored touchdowns. He was efficient, but he also could catch passes. So that's why I got him. Aim Hines, we saw a lot of hype during this offseason, but he's that guy just late that we know he's going to catch passes, but not just that. Matt Ryan is the quarterback. We know he's not a mobile guy. So on third downs, he's going to be checking down to Naeem Hines a lot. So that's yeah. one of the reasons I targeted him late. I obviously waited on quarterback. Tom Brady, the GOAT. I don't really have to explain why I went with him. Usually I like my mobile quarterbacks, but after I got sniped on Jalen Hurts, there was no one I wanted to get immediately after that. I was thinking Lance, but somebody sniped him for me too. <laughs> but So then once I saw Lance got on my eye, I'm just waiting. And then again, might as well. We know Tom Brady's going to be a QB1, so I was perfectly fine waiting on that. Yeah. Johnson got him late as my wide receiver six fill in. I think he has upside even as a rookie, even at the commander offense, I don't expect to be good. I expect him to get, you know, a decent target share. That's why I picked him. Mark Ingram. I don't know what's going on with Alvin Kamara, but even so I like the thunder and lightning approach we've seen from the saints offense. So I like him late and Brian Robinson. I feel like he's going to be a touchdown thief, right? Antonio Gibson, I'm worried about Antonio Gibson because I feel like McKissick's going to still passes. Brian Robinson's a big boy, and you're going to use this big boy in short yarders in the goal line. So, again, when I look at running backs late, do you catch passes or do you have an opportunity to score touchdowns? That's what I like in my running back, so that's how I built my team. I love that simple metric there of my running back needs to be able to do one of two things, catch passes or score touchdowns. And if they don't, it's an easy X. Troy, I'm looking at this squad, and I'm – like I'm I'm like a little smitten by it, if I'm honest. I'm like kind of in love with this team because I feel like this would be a squad at the end of the year. You'd be like, there's a real pathway where you're like, how the hell did he get all of these guys in the draft? You know what I mean? Like Tyreek Hill, AJ Brown, Marquise Brown could all be wide receiver ones. And then like Tom Brady could do his Tom Brady thing, be a top half QB one there. And then you get him super late. And like Zach Ertz could ball out. Like, I don't know. I just look at this squad and I see it could be magic almost at every position. You waited on your RB2 and you get AJ Dillon. Like, we all know the possibility there. So, this for me is a firm playoff team that's, that's got championship uh, uh, tendencies to it. I think one, just. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, John. Well, the, the one thing I do want to say uh, to just keep piggybacking off the Zach Ertz pick here. Um, I, especially in those first six games, they're pretty difficult. You got, you know, Kansas city, the Rams, Carolina, um, Philly, and then Seahawks and then new Orleans. Right. When you looked at what Kyler, when Zach Ertz came over, it Ertz was his safety blanket. And then you look at our offensive line here and it's not better than what it was last year. And so what ends up happening is, yeah, I'm a big fan of Marquise Brown, but what Ertz becomes that major check down guy. Uh, and that's what you saw last year. And I, I definitely think it continues this year. Yeah. I think people think of the Cardinals as this high flying offense. They use 12 personnel more than you actually think. Like they run the ball a ton. They're actually a kind of an old school team in a lot of ways. I just wanted to piggyback off what Austin said really quickly before we move on, you know, the dichotomy of your players here, Troy is really great. You went with the upside swings, I think in Hill Brown and even Mark or the other Brown, but then the safety and Brandon cooks, the safety and Zach Ertz, the safety and Brady, right? You went with the upside and AJ Dillon, but then the safety with Austin Eckler, at least to start the year. So I think, you know, I, initially I wanted to grade it like exactly. a playoff team that like is going to be a contender, but I think it actually could just be a contender from the outright as long mm-hmm. as you get some of the pieces like AJ Dillon to break your way or one of those two, you know, 
uh, one of those deep RBs in the. In he doesn't the even need weird shit to happen. Like Hines is probably going to be an RB three. You know, with like a yeah, with a PPR, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Without anything else weird happening. Yeah, Johnny. All right, uh, I wanted to do something. I wanted to take a page out of Don Flick's uh, book and just do something completely out of my norm, uh, and so I did, and it made me feel very uncomfortable because uh, <laughs> I took three straight wide receivers uh, in the first three rounds with Jefferson, Mike Evans, Higgins. I, I really loved. I thought Travis was going to steal Higgins from me, and I was about to scream. Uh, I, I actually, you know, what, hot take is Higgins will be will hot will finish higher than Jamar Chase this year. Oh. I, I, I think that definitely happens. Uh, and then uh, Dave Montgomery in the fourth, didn't really like that. That was an auto pick, <laughs> but ended up uh, surfing it out and actually kind of did okay with it. Uh, Herbert is my quarterback. Dirty nice. Herbs in the fifth. Dalton Schultz. I do think that, you know, in a PPR league, I think he's going to see a lot of targets. I do think that um, he's going to be really good this year. Um, Hopkins, again, I had stacked my wide receivers so much and I didn't like the other kind of values that were going there. Maybe could have taken a, a running back. I thought more running backs would have fallen to me, but, um, so I was like, I could sit on a six game suspension with the wide receivers I have. Then I was able to get Malvin Gordon and the eighth, I need another, uh, running back. So I got single Terry. and then Kenny G was there in the 10th. So I'm a big fan of Kenny G this year. I think his value is super low, so I'm grabbing him like every draft I can. Uh, and then Khalil Herbert, because like I said, wasn't super confident in the Monty pick as far as staying healthy. I do think it's going to be a productive running game. Um, and so just getting Herb uh, or um, Herbert to handcuff, I, I needed to do that. Got TP, uh, TDP. I think that he's going to be the, the running back that you're going to ultimately want at the end of the year for the 49ers. Uh, and then Tolbert and Paris Campbell, two of my um, big uh, late round gems, I think that that are going to really pop up. I think I think Tolbert, Travis, I've talked about this a couple times. I do think Tolbert has a low key shot as being the rookie of the year at the wide receiver position, just because he's stepping Ooh, in. Uh, yeah, yeah he, he's stepping into you look at, you know, Gallup might be out for a while. Right. Gallup might not be back till mid-November. Uh, and then, you know, so he's starting opposite of C.D. Lamb. And then uh, there's also some talk, uh, you know, depending on when uh, Gallup comes back, where Tolbert moves to, right? If he moves to that number one spot and they do end up moving C.D. Lamb to the slot, which is a more conducive kind of for his talents, then I still think that he gets peppered and gets that Amari Cooper role. Uh, but then again, if he if they hey, I'm going to keep CeeDee Lamb on the outside and then Mari Cooper. Well, well, it's very beneficial. That slot uh, role, you get a lot of targets. So Tolbert, I do think, has a outside dart throw to be the rookie of the year for the wide receiver position. Yeah, I, just, I want to jump in real quick because I will say the two spots, because we were obviously next to each other, you sniped me yeah. on Higgins and you sniped me on Tolbert. Those were the main snipes because mm. I was like, because I, I love Tolbert. The rookie of the year thing, that's kind of spicy. I, I got to think about that one. But I do love Tolbert late for all the reasons that you said. But, man, yeah, I, I, I like your builder, your team. Obviously, your wide receiver start was crazy. Yeah. The, the Monty pick was the only one I was a little iffy on, but I obviously got auto-pick there. But everything else, I, I just, again, I like your team build a lot. Definitely playoff team. 
Shoot, it's like this draft could have gone off the rails so bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, it honestly could have. But then I yeah. think the, the Melvin Gordon Singletary plus the Herbert yep. to solidify really sent this one home for you. So I think contender firmly and, and like really could dominate if things go your way. This is a, a really good build. I think I think you lucked out a little bit, but that's definitely what you do, you know, like I think that's all part of it. I'm right there with you, Travis, 100% with it. It's like his running backs, David Montgomery, Melvin Gordon, or Singletary, yeah. like that's fine. It, it's not a hole. And then the reason why I'm in on this one is if you go with the wide receiver-based team, for me at least, you got to hit at those two streamable positions, quarterback and tight end. I think you did just that. Oh, so yeah. I'm, I'm liking this squad. You don't have holes at the running back position. I'm there on Troy and Travis rankings. We're firmly in the playoffs, probably probably closer to a contender our last one here big Trav, you're in the 101 spot break it down uh so i went christian mccaffrey at the 101 we talked a little bit about that versus jt i don't think you can go wrong there jt's probably safer leonard fournette i know he's getting a lot of bad uh publicity right now but we've actually seen this guy do it like he comes in fat and then he trims down and like he's gonna do what he does like fat lenny is a joke because that's what he's done before so i'm not worried about it we know brady trusts him he's gonna at least start with the volume he giggles Uh, when he gets hit yeah i I like so in the eighth round i got ramondre stevenson i waited all the way to the eighth to get another running back when i started with the rb robust and then got rashad white just in case in the 10th round who I'm really in on is as a you know a solidified handcuff this year that could be huge upside. Daryl Williams is another guy I think people um, aren't aren't really taking into account why they signed Daryl Williams like to be the Chase Edmonds replacement, but then also a guy that's done well at the goal line. So we need to not remember we need to not forget that. And Raheem Mostert is just really a cheap upside play that I think you know will probably get steamed up a little bit, but he's ran the offense before as the single soul back for uh, this Shanahan style uh, offense, and I think he's just like the upside's there. He'll probably get hurt after three games, but in the 14th round, whatever. Uh, wide receiver heavy in rounds four through seven went Allen Robinson, Rashad Bateman, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Gabe Davis. It was really simple to me, either really good offenses uh, that can throw the hell, the throw just the piss out of the ball, or could be the number one in their option, and that's Rashad Bateman. Uh, he was the one there for me, and I think – you know, he and Gabe Davis's ADPs getting steamed up, but I'm here for the investment. You know, I, I'm hoping two of these guys really break out, and then I can kind of piecemeal the other wide receivers or flex in my roster. Uh, and MVS, we talked about uh, just trying to plant flags on the KC offense. I went Kyle Pitts in the third. This was the one pick that, like, didn't feel right. I felt like I was reaching a bit, but at the turn, sometimes you have to do that. I saw what happened at wide receiver ahead of me, and I just didn't really love reaching all the way up for a wide receiver here. I loved Higgins. I loved Pittman, but didn't really feel right about it. So I went with value with Pitts, and I think you know he is a wide receiver playing tight end. He's a 1,000-yard tight end in his rookie season. We don't really see guys of his mold, and he did. He checked all the boxes. So now all we need is the super breakout year. And I think if there's one position we can count on Mariota hitting, it's the tight end. So I'm in yeah, on Kyle baby. Pitts. Uh, he just needs to score more touchdowns. I think he will. Trey Lance in the ninth. <laughs> Troy mentioned I sniped him here, but uh, I didn't get Jalen Hurts, so I went with Trey Lance, and we were talking there isn't another guy. Yeah, for a couple more rounds there wasn't, but Trey Lance is here, and I think he does have QB1 overall in his range of outcomes just at the ability that he has to run the football plus the weapons he has on offense. And then I just kind of uh, hedged that bet with Kirk Cousins, who I think that offense is sneaky top okay. five upside with the Minnesota Vikings. And if he if that's the case, he could be a top six QB. And uh, so, yeah, that was my build. Pretty like good this. build. 
over yeah. here on this one. Uh, this to me, Travis, is such a swing for the fences squad. Gabe Davis, Juju Smith-Schuster, Allen Robinson, Rashad Bateman, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. All of these guys, you could you could have five wide receiver one twos here. You also might not have one on it when it's all <laughs> said and done. I don't think that happens, but that's just how it is. I like the way you built the running backs, though. CMC, Fournette, and even Ramondre and White and the other ancillary pieces that came in here. You kept that theme going with the quarterback, Trey Lance, Kirk Cousins. Again, Trey Lance might not even be the starter for his own team. Kirk Cousins, we do expect a bump up there, though. So you're pretty safe on that front, and Kyle Pitts is exciting. So you're in the playoffs. For me, it's a volatile team. It could go either direction, though, but I like you in the playoffs. Yeah, I would say, look, the name of the game is upside, right? And your team is yeah. full of it. So that's that's how you win. That's how you win championships, right? You go for upside. You can't play it safe with all your picks. So that's the way I see your team. So I, I think, yeah, it could be volatile in some spots. But at the end of the day, you could win the whole damn thing as well. So yeah, <laughs> that, 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 like that's what that's what you need to build. So yep, I agree. I all right, need some playoffs. In the playoffs for you, Johnny? Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, that's the panels teams here. Whisper Nation, let us know who you think did the best between Big Travi, Troy King, Johnny Game Time Hicks, and myself in the comments below. Uh, before we get to the rest of Whisper Nation's draft here, though, want to say thank you, Troy, for joining us. Yeah, thanks, uh, Troy. And where can the people get to know you a little bit better? And is there anything you're working on that we should keep an eye out for? Of course. Well, again, I appreciate you guys having me on. You can find me at T-King Mode pretty much on all social media platforms. Twitter's my home base, but yeah, T-King Mode. You can find all my work at Football Guys. So Football Guys on Wednesday nights, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I do a mailbag show with my friends Dave Kluge and Victoria Geary. We're answering all your questions, so make sure you check that out. Also, I contribute to the Fancy Playbook by Kyle Yates, so you can see you know, about five-minute videos of just me breaking down some players, like top five right, running backs or sleepers or anything like that. But, yeah, follow me at T-King Mode on pretty much all social media platforms. And I appreciate you guys again for having me. There you Dude, go, Troy. You're awesome welcome anytime. Awesome yeah. to have you on. Awesome to draft alongside of you. Say what up to our boy Dave for of us. Of course, and I definitely will. Look forward to one, the next guys. time. Thanks, you Troy. Too. Appreciate you, Troy. And Whisper Nation, before we get to the rest of the draft, if you enjoy all of the incredible guests that we bring on, giving you a wider perspective on this thing we call life, just kidding, fantasy football, just kidding, they're the same thing, go ahead and hit us with that thumbs up. But let's get back to it. Yeah, the subscribe while you're yeah, at it. Why right. not? It's just one more yeah. button. All right, boys. Just well, it's more. the three amigos here. We're going to jump now into the rest of Whisper Nation's draft. Moving. Let's just let's just bounce it back to Don Fleck. Let's keep it going this yeah. way. He takes Jonathan Taylor in the 102 spot and gets Javante Williams there as his number two running back. I'm going to stop that right now. I promise y'all. <laughs> he goes and gets Elijah Mitchell. Just kidding. Is his third running back there uh, with Kenneth Walker the third? Didn't Kenneth say he'd rather go by Ken? Ken, Ken Walker. Walker. Yeah. yeah he's, he's been getting he's, after he's the an adult movie. now, dude. He's in the NFL. He's an adult. Yeah, he's, he's been getting really excited watching the Ryan Gosling. Kenneth still is what his out. mom calls him. And Kenneth Gainwell. Man, he's got a lot of Kenneths now over on his team. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even realize that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's also why he wants to go by Ken. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's got the Kenneth, 
Ken team here. Anyway, so Jonathan Taylor, uh, Javante Williams, Elijah Mitchell, Kenneth Walker, and Kenneth Gainwell there as his running backs. He's got Josh Allen, the one and only, as his quarterback. Let's see what he does for the wide receiver positions. He takes Mike Williams as his wide receiver one in the fourth round. Devonta Smith there is his wide receiver two in the sixth with Hunter Renfro in the seventh. Chase Claypool there in the ninth. Sky Moore in the tenth. And Jamison Williams, the injured one, in the 12th round. But he will be back someday. Wow. And then Jasecki and Noah Fant there as his two tight ends. Big Travi. When I look at this team, I look at a squad that's – it's it's kind of interesting, actually. Like, it, I, I don't see any holes, and I actually just see some question marks that are intriguing question marks. I think it's a good team. What do you think? Yeah, that it was hard to kind of judge this because I want to say maybe it's a bubble team just based on the build of wide receiver, but it's not. Um, it's definitely a playoff team. It's probably a team that could just smash the roof off, especially like we were talking my team's pure upside. This team might be pure upside, if not the, the runner up for pure upside, because Look, we love TDP at the value, but Elijah Mitchell is the guy right now. He's the guy. Yeah. Like, we have to just acknowledge that. Uh, Devonta Smith, what we're not talking about with A.J. Brown coming over is how good that could be for Devonta Smith. Hunter mm-hmm. Renfro, you don't do what Hunter Renfro or Amon Ross St. Brown did unless you're good Hunter at football. Good at football. Right. Chase Claypool, another guy that scored 10 touchdowns as a rookie. And you don't do that usually unless you're good at football. football. (laughs) You get him in the ninth round. I love the value there. The only thing I I really actually don't like is the tight ends. And me and Johnny could probably argue to we're blue in the face on Mike Kosecki. I just think he's the odd man out with Tua there. I think he's the, I don't think that, you, you know, yes, we saw Kittle dominate in targets, but he hasn't really over the last couple of years. Yeah. And I think that yeah. it, we have two big target hogs ahead of Gasicki. But you got him in the 11th, and then you paired him with a guy in Noah Fant. Like, you'll you'll drop Noah Fant. You'll go get another waiver tight end. That's fine. Um, I think this team is really good. I think it's firmly in the playoffs. Could be a contender. Just need some things at wide receiver to really break the right way. But, they, I mean, you got the upside there. Yeah, that's it. I think, yeah, I think Donnie heard us talking last week about how, you know, he's been trying some things. And this time he was like, you know, what? I'm going to win this mock draft. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to show these boys what's up. So I like this draft. I think he did really well. Big fan. Uh, yeah. in, the, in the playoffs for me, in I am just a little concerned about those wide receivers like Devonta Smith, Hunter Renfro, Chase Claypool, Sky Moore. These could all be droppable guys. Probably not. Probably not. But so so far, we have five teams in the playoffs, boys. We only are allowed three more. <laughs> yeah, we're, all the rest I just want to know who the bad teams out of the, Yeah. Let's so see if we can find it out moving moving over to X Straight. What's the rest of X Straight Castle? At, at X Straight no. Cash, homie. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Straight Cash, homie? Yeah, yeah. dude. Uh, Randy Straight Moss. Cash, homie. Randy all right, we're going to go with Straight Cash, homie, in this five spot. Cooper Cup, last year's Triple Crown winner. Let's see what he did with the rest of his wide receivers. He takes Deontay Johnson in the third. He gets uh, Bobby Trees, Robert Woods there in the seventh. Christian Watson, the truth in the ninth. That might be, truthfully speaking, a little bit rich, even though, and I fucking love this guy. We'll see, though. Jarvis Landry in the 11th. Jameson Crowder in the 13th. Robbie Anderson, no, he's not retiring in the 14th. His first running back off the board is Aaron Jones in the second. I think that was kind of a that was that's a nice value pick there. Travis yeah. Etienne in the fourth, Josh Jacobs in the fifth, uh, James Robinson in the tenth. I love him, but oh, we'll see, bro. Marlon Mack there in the twelfth. How does this affect Marlon Mack? That's always the perennial question. 
And then let's take a look at his quarterback, Jalen Hurts, in the sixth. The other streamable position, tight end, Dawson Knox, in the sixth. So to kind of summarize this one, Johnny, his starting running backs, you presume, would be Aaron Jones and Travis Etienne with Josh Jacobs and Marlon Mack on the back burner. Cooper Cup, Deontay Johnson. Is this, and then if this is three wide receivers, Robert Woods or Christian Watson or Landry as your third starter. Jalen Hurts then and Dawson Knox. Certainly some upside there, but is this too top-heavy of a team for you too, Johnny? Or do you think that he he made it work and hedged some of the positions? Good thing he pays his league dues in straight cash, homie, because I don't think he's going to be getting any dues out at the end of the year, unfortunately, with this build. Oh! Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, also, why I, is that a good thing he pays in cash if he's going to lose it? Does it matter? Because no, the league gets the money. I'm saying, so, he, yeah, oh, so he doesn't oh, just so get it up. Like, okay. As opposed to okay. like, hey, I'll, I'll pay for it. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Dude. <laughs> uh, because here's the reality is like, okay, I do like – you know, this top two wide receivers, but then, you know, I'm concerned with the rest of the wide receivers. I'm a big Bobby trees fan, but him coming off of uh, an injury right now, going to a run heavy team. Yeah. It just, you know, it, there's a lot of concern there. Then you're looking at the running backs. I love Aaron Jones. I love the value you got there, but then Travis Etienne again, I do think that there's potential for him to pop pop for sure and be your RB two. but then you got to look, at what Doug uh, Doug does in that uh, for general and history, he uses multiple running backs. So we could all be hyped on ETN and want him to play more, but it's just not how he, that, that coaching staff coaches. Then you're looking at, okay, well then, but he got James Robinson. So what shouldn't that be? I think that that's, this is one of those situations where you're like, in this case, it's not good to have both running backs or the handcuff because it's not like it's going to be a one-for-one replacement if one of those guys goes down or if James Robinson uh, can't do what we you know, hope he can return to. Now, Josh Jacobs could be a value, but then there's also reality when we're like Zamir, uh, Zamir White takes over. It's a timeshare. Um, and then also just Dawson Knox. I'm a lot lower this year on Dawson Knox than last year. I think last year was kind of a, a mesh of all good things happening. And the fact that Josh Allen was able to draft him in fantasy. Don't think he's going to have him on his fantasy team again this year. And then you, he, you know, also they brought in uh, another tight end. So I could definitely see uh, OJ Howard getting some of those snaps mm-hmm. and some of those target share. Um, so I do think that this is, I think cup, Aaron Jones hurts, you know, and Deontay could float this team a little bit, but I think at the end of the day, it'd be the outside looking in or at least a, a playoff bubble here. What about you, Travis? Yeah, I want to put this team in the playoffs, especially because as Johnny said, you have such heavy hitters like Cooper cup and Aaron Jones, but I, I don't think I can. I think it's on the bubble. I just have too many questions about the other guys and Johnny yeah. kind of did a great job talking about it. I do think he's got value on ETN here, but there is a floor. There's a floor for Deontay Johnson, who we're not talking about the fact that Ben could have just been the reason why Deontay soaked up so many targets to their play style. Now you can still be good, but just not that good. good. Yeah. I don't know if I want him there in that range of like the other guys with huge upside that were going yeah. in that area. Uh, Robert Woods, I'm I'm on, but again, like it's got to be a guy you're adding to a core of like five or six wide receivers. You know, I don't really want him. As, I, yeah, I don't want to really be in on him as a guy I need, as you said, Austin. And you know, I that's the thing is I could talk myself into this team, but yeah, I'm just but not going to. That's do that's it. it. But yeah, I'm not it's, it's a, that's, that's a bubble it. team. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's a bubble team for me too. And I, I mean, I Christian Watson, James Robinson, they're sitting on my dynasty squad. I love these two guys in so many ways. They're on my bench right now, and that's where I think they'll probably be the majority of the year. And so yeah. for redraft, it makes it it makes it pretty sketchy. I think James Robinson is amazing. I think his work ethic is awesome. I think we can. I, for me, I'm I'm done with the undrafted narrative. Like this guy's gotten a year and a half of like RB one performances under his belt. Like he's a great athlete. Yeah, he he's a really good running back. He overachieved, he did it, but he's still coming off of a horrible injury. Give him a year. Give him a year and a half. Is like don't don't count on anything from Snoop Connor is a name that I think we should be paying a little bit more attention to because Travis Etienne was not drafted by this regime. Um, we'll see how well he recovers from that Liz Frank. We'll see how diverse a running back core they get going. James Robinson's just not going to be available. And if Travis Etienne is going to be a diverse weapon for the Jaguars, that leaves Snoop Connor there to pick up a lot of carries. He wasn't bad in old miss. Keep it, keep just keep that, keep that name in the back of your mind, Whisper Nation. Moving on here to smooth 1074. That sounds like a nice FM jazz. Thing. <laughs> 1074. Like Over in Miami here. Who in the in the sixth, seventh spot takes what is that? Sixth spot takes Derek Henry, Nick Chubb, and Alvin Kamara in rounds two through three. Doesn't grab another running back until Ronald Jones there in the 10th and Deonta Foreman there in the 11th. Some pretty meaty running backs here. Let's yeah. see what you did at the wide receiver position. You took Terry McLaurin. I was going between DK and Terry McLaurin. I went DK. Terry McLaurin there, though, is your first wide receiver off the board. You get Michael Thomas, Adam Thielen, along with Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson, uh, and Nicole Hardman there as the supplementary pieces uh garrett wilson i say greg wilson garrett wilson there out of the jets uh his tight end is george kittle i do kind of like that uh, you got him there in the fifth round matt stafford is your quarterback you selected him there in round eight oh i'm looking at a nice running back room i'm looking at at least one good wide receiver with some question marks and upside there available at the other spots adam thielen if he keeps it going that's going to be really exciting if Traylon burks is as good as as the truthers hope he is that's going to be really good um who did i start off with on this one travi is it your travi where how do you feel here about smooth 1074's build Oh, I, I think it's another bubble team and it's not because it's again, I'm trying to talk myself into this team. I love Kittle, uh, but again, there's too much variable with Trey Lance coming in for me to really invest that early on Kittle um, at tight end. I love Terry McLaurin, but similar to the Deontay Johnson. Now you got better value than Deontay Johnson, but I think it's similar where we could just see a situation where he's a firm wide receiver too, but can you count on him to be that wide receiver one week in and week out? Um, yeah, I just think it's a I think it's a bubble team. I don't love the wide receivers, especially if Kamara is suspended. I don't think he will be this year based on what we talked with Drew Davenport. Check that video out. It's on the it's on the um the website or on the YouTube right now. But that being said, yeah, I just I won't ramble anymore. I, I think it's a bubble team for me. I think I'm with you there. How about you, Johnny? Yeah, I think it's a bubble team. I will say I do like the Adam Thielen pick um as uh, pair it with Terry McLaurin, but yeah, I ultimately just it just sucks because McLaurin could be so good, but they just don't target him enough. So, yeah. Like the scenario well, for this team is like you get to week three, you're starting Terry McLaurin, Thielen's hurt, Michael Thomas is hurt. Yeah, hurt. Who are you uh, starting? Uh, Nick, Chubb, Nick Chubb yeah, and Derrick Henry suspended. are both hurt. Yeah, like you don't, Look, I love Nicole Hardman. He's on my dynasty team, full disclosure, but I don't like needing Nicole yeah, Hardman. Yeah. And That's Smooth it. 1074 might need Nicole Hardman as soon yeah. as week two. Yeah. So we'll see on that one. Classic Mike drafts in the seventh spot with Dalvin Cook. 
running back one for him. Saquon Barkley running back two in the second round. Let's keep it with the running backs. Round six, he gets Miles Sanders. Round nine, Michael Carter. Next round, Daryl Henderson. He closes his draft out with Gus Edwards in the 14th. That is a name I think we're going to see climb up a little bit on ADP. Keenan Allen is his first wide receiver. Gone in the third round. Cortland Sutton climbing up boards in the fourth. Elijah Moore in the eighth. And then he gets rounds 11 through 13 wide receiver. Jacoby Myers. DJ Chark and Van Jefferson. Darren Waller is his tight end who he selects in round five. Russell Wilson's his quarterback who he gets two rounds later in seven. Johnny, is this team on the bubble in the playoffs, championship contender, or just straight outside looking in? Oof. I'm I'm on the borderline of championship contender and in the and definitely like he's definitely in the playoffs, but this team is nasty. Like Dalvin Cook, Saquon, I think both those guys can make a run at number one overall running back. Uh, I almost took Dalvin Cook at number three spot, but again, I wanted to like switch it up. You're taking him one on one. Yeah, I've taken him one on one, and I and I yeah. would do it honestly in in a league and and not look twice. Um, yeah. And then Saquon, like I said, I do think that this could be a year where Saquon bounces back and and could hit that number one with the new coaching staff. And then you're looking at Sutton. Sutton, I believe, could be a number one overall wide receiver with getting a guy like Russell Wilson now, who is very efficient very and and uh, very accurate. And then, oh, you have that quarterback to get that double dip. Always love my double dips. I think Waller is a solid, wide, uh, solid tight end. Um, you often see Josh McDaniels always, you know, use tight ends heavily. So I do think Waller is pretty safe. And then again, backing up with Sanders and getting, you know, uh, Henderson and like people are really, really down on Michael Carter and rightfully so I understand like Brees Hall was drafted and, you know, he's like a really highly touted, but we have seen time and time again, these starting running backs get injured in these types of offenses that the Jets run. And guess what? We've already seen Michael Carter when he comes in. He gets the workload. He's a very good uh, running back. So, like, I do really. And then my boy, Jacoby, getting him all the way in the 11th. Love it. Love this team. So it's in the in the playoff strongly championship contending flirting in that space? Or did you go full contender? Yeah. I honestly, I'm going to go fully contending. I think, you know, oh, you're full Moore, feeling full. I'm on, yeah, I'm full. I'm full. I, yeah. Because I about you over the Elijah Moore pick, too. And I'm like, damn. Okay. 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 What about you, Travi? Yeah, I want to get there. And I think I probably am. Just Dalvin Cook and Saquon Barkley kind of do it. Plus, you know, what Johnny didn't say about Michael Carter is his pass catching prowess. And when we get these late running backs, that's what we want. And we've already seen him get high target games in this offense. So it's not like a typical San Fran where they're not targeting the backs all that much. This offense did. And that could be dangerous. Should anything happen to Brees Hall or should Brees Hall take some time to get going? Also love the Daryl Henderson. Like we already see, we've already seen if Cam Akers is out, Daryl Henderson's basically an RB1, at least top 15. I don't love the bench wide receivers like Jacoby Myers, DJ Shark, but uh, Van Jefferson's a good contingency wide receiver. I think there's there's a path there. The only real gripe I have is with those bench wide receivers and maybe Darren Waller, but the upside's clearly there, and that's all you could ask for with a tight end. So yeah. I'm with it. Contender's good for me. Yeah. I'm in the playoffs on this one. I'm a, I'm a little bit of the the, the the Debbie Downer on this team here. I, I just I see you some of. I, I hate it so fucking much, Travis. Oh, my God. No, no, no. It's just I see some of the downside. I'm not 
on the Saquon Barkley train. I've just watched that man run for two yards and get tackled too many times. I'm not sold. He's going to have that breakaway ability. I love the Brian Dable system. I love a healthy Saquon. I admittedly have been burned taking Saquon in the top five in multiple years in redraft and having him just have his knee or his ankle just really, really uh, shit the bed for me. So I'm not sold. That's coming back around. And after that, like Miles Sanders, I, we all get it as the industry. I am taking to heart his tone of voice he had when he was speaking like two weeks ago about when he was talking, I forget the NBA. It was like an NBC reporter. I don't remember the interview specifically, but he's like, look, don't draft me. Our system is going to diversify touches. I'm just not going to get the volume that you need, and I'm not going to get it in the positions that you need it to come by. What did Troy just say? He needs his running back to either catch passes or score touchdowns. You can't bank on Miles Sanders to do either of those things. All you can bank on Miles Sanders to be is the best running back in a run-heavy system. That doesn't translate to fantasy points. Logically, it sounds so nice. He's moving on to my do not draft board. Miles Sanders is like, I get it. It's all there. And that's what makes him a fucking ghost. Like it should be there. And it's just not. So I'm taking that one. And then, and then uh, I'm with Travis on the bench wide receivers. I, I just think that those all could be droppable candidates. Um, and if Keenan Allen and Cortland Sutton aren't wide receiver ones, then you're just kind of not stoked. So, but I, I like the squad. I think it was a well-built team. I think the value is there. I just have some concerns about some of these other places. I'm going in the playoffs, but I do respect the championship contender rank from the fellow panelists, Johnny and Travis, on this one. Moving on here to our boy, Pizza Belly, who in the eighth spot goes Najee Harris, who's in line. It looks for another monster workload of a season is running the running backs are cam Akers in the fourth chase Edmonds in the eighth James cook Dalvin cook's brother there in the ninth he gets Debo Samuel first wide receiver off the board there in the second Michael Pittman in the third Jerry Judy in the fifth Rondale Moore in the 10th Michael Gallup in the 12th with Sammy Watkins closing it out there in the 14th there's our boy Travis his quarterback is Dak Prescott with Derek Carr as a backup TJ Hawkinson he gets in the sixth round uh, Johnny or no Travis where do you see pizza belly's team how are you looking at it and what's your ultimate ranking oh I like so many of the players but I think I'm gonna go <laughs> I don't like on, them together I a, yeah I think it's an on the bubble slash playoff team for me so like that's a blend I know I'm cheating but that's kind of where I'm at with it because I love the talent of Debo Samuel Michael Pittman and Jerry Judy the problem is their floors are really low based on like regression uh, the offenses they play in being low volume. And then Jerry Judy could be just the odd man out with all the other good wide receivers going on there too. Um, TJ Hawkinson just hasn't shown us an ability to rise above his circumstances. So I'm really not as in on TJ. Um, and I think he could be an odd man out, especially with the emergence of Amon Ross St. Brown. Dak Prescott, great value. Derek Carr, the quarterbacks aren't the issue here. Um, I do like some of these running backs. I think that's a strength. Najee Harris, Cam Akers, then to go Chase Edmonds and James Cook for some upside later. Would have liked to see you get a couple more guys just with Akers coming back from injury. Um, but again, I, I think it's, I, I, yeah, it's a bubble team. I'm actually going to be a little convicted here. I think it's a bubble team for me. What about you, Johnny? Yeah, I think ultimately it's a bubble team uh, yeah. for me. Like I have some concerns about some of the running backs, but then, I do really like Chase Edmonds. Uh, I do like the fact, like you said, he got TJ Hawkinson, which I do think is not going to be as good as last year, but I do really like Irv Smith. That was a nice pickup there. Um, But yeah, I think ultimately it'll be probably a bubble team. Yeah, Hawkinson's kind of in the Godert camp for me now too. I'm right. It kind of sucks because that guy's 
got a lot of good things going for him. Moving over, and I'm, I'm with you too. I'm on the bubble here for Pizza Billy. Easy Daddy in the ninth spot takes Jamar Chase with uh, his other wide receivers being Chris Godwin in the sixth, Chris Olave in the eighth, Russell Gage in the ninth, Tim Patrick in the 11th. And Bell there at the 13th. My tone of voice isn't indicating yeah. how I feel about this at all. It's very, very monotone. Um, Mark, yeah. Andrew, very monotone. Uh, Mark Andrews is his tight end. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott. J.K. Dobbins. Damian Harris. Did pull it together, Austin. Damian Pierce here. Let's try to be objective with this reading. I think Easy Daddy. This team was auto-drafted. Is that right? Yeah. For, there we uh, go. Okay, there we go. That's now that's make that's the first thing that's making some sense about this build. Okay, and then Patrick Mahomes is his quarterback one with Aaron Rodgers being his quarterback two. I don't think we need to delve into this too deeply given it was an auto-drafted squad. I'm looking at question marks all around. I'm seeing Ezekiel Elliott, J.K. Dobbins, who might not be back week one. Ezekiel Elliott with continued regression. He doesn't have Pollard to back it up. Damian Harris is cool, but so is Ramondre Stevenson. Damian Harris also dealing with some shit. Damian Pierce might be your like best running back here, and you got him in the 10th. Um, I'll just stop there. And then Chris Godwin, who's not going to be playing probably for a while. Um, and then he's got some rookies and, and whatever. Johnny, what do you think about Easy Daddy Squad? I like the first four rounds, but then I don't like like I don't like the Dobbins pick. I also got the report today that he might not even be ready for week one. Uh, like you said, Chris Godwin out till. Um, yeah, I, I would say that this one is probably on the outside looking in. Um, you know what this team yeah. is? It's, it's a team that is not in the playoffs, but is like top five in scoring. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> for weeks with Jamar Chase, Mark Andrews, Pat Mahomes. Yeah. And yeah. it's going to piss you off because it's going to maybe mess with your seating or give you an upset loss. But it's I don't think it has the longevity at, at this. Be like a, a four a four cylinder that just never fires on the yeah. right. This time. team is going to be ago. I had Calvin Johnson and Matt Stafford. I was fourth in scoring, but still missed the playoffs. Eight teams made it. It's like you're yeah. not you're not still thinking about it. This is a second half team there with Godwin, Olave, yeah. J.K. Dobbins. It's going to lose four games in a row, but then like crush teams near the end. Yeah, I think that's a really yeah. uh, apt analysis, Big Travi. I'm I'm there with you too. On uh, this is on the outside looking in. Moving over to our boy Josh, former Whisper Listener League champion. Let's Big go. friend of the show here in the 10th spot. He takes Travis Kelsey and he gets a backup tight end Hunter Henry there in round 14. He goes on a panel of wide receiver selections in the second through fourth with CeeDee Lamb, Jalen Waddle, DJ Moore. Gets some more help with Darnell Mooney in the sixth. Tyler Lockett in the ninth. Lamar Jackson's his quarterback selected in round five. And he doesn't actually take a running back until Kareem Hunt in the seventh. Then he goes on a little bit of a tear there with Rashad Penny in the eighth. Alexander Madison in the 10th, Isaiah Spiller in the 11th, J.D. McKissick in the 12th, and uh, Jamal Williams in the 13th. I think I covered it all here. Johnny, what do you think about this team? Interesting way to build it. I Yeah, kudos to Jay Blizzy because he really pulled this off, man. Like, this is a I, – I think you would be a playoff team. Um, I, cool. I think that, you know, and, you know, depending on certain things falling his way, it could be a contender team. Um, but I really like how he went zero RB here. And I think that he pulled it off by getting Kareem Hunt and then Rashad Penny. 
And um, yeah, like yeah. I said, like if, if Penny holds it down and he's and he stays like the starter all season, like he might have done it. What do you what do you think, then, Travis? And then like, I just if, think I was thinking like this team. I was trying to come up with like some analogy. He like white knuckled running back. He like just kept yeah. going through this draft and like no, not this round, not this round, and push it off. Right. Austin said till the seventh. I think of Dumb and Dumber, and he's like, just go, man. And they're like frozen <laughs> on the moped, and he's pissing himself, but he, he pulled it off, like Johnny said, like. Now you do need Penny's health. You do need Kareem Hunt to still be viable with Brissett for whatever time that is. But the Madison and Spiller investments, like fuck McKissick, fuck J- Jamal Williams. The Madison and Spiller, you really need one of those guys ahead of them to get hurt because then you're smashing. But I think he did a good job because you only have to start two running backs in this format. It is mm-hmm. PPR, so McKissick and you know can have some value there. Uh, kind of like the the poor man's Naheem Hines situation, or maybe rich man's if you think about the role. But either way, uh, really good there. Yeah, I'm in the playoffs, playoffs here. Yeah. He's a spaghetti with no meat, dude. Yeah. This yeah. is a good I, – I, this is a fun team. This is a great mock draft here. Yeah. Expect nothing less from you, Josh. And our final team to evaluate will be Brokow drafting in the 11th spot. He goes Devontae Adams. Oh, I miss you so much, dude. Devontae Adams in the 11th. He gets Stefan Diggs there in the second round. Let's keep the wide receivers going. In the fifth, he takes Amari Cooper. Sniped me. Kadarius Tony in the ninth. Tyler Boyd in the 12th. George Pickens in the 14th. He gets James Conner as his RB1 in the third round. Next round is a run running back as well. Antonio Gibson, Tony Pollard in the seventh, CEH in the eighth. His quarterback one will be Joe Burrow. He's who he selects into the sixth round and gets Deshaun Watson there for some depth down there in the 13th round. His tight ends are going to be Pat Fryermuth and Cole Komet. He gets those in rounds 10 and 11. I think this is a pretty well-rounded team. Travis got some upside there at, Really, all positions, and he's got decent floor there as well. I see a pretty value-based team. What do you see, Travi? Uh, before I jump into this, I just want to shout out Brocal. I know he's got some yeah. stuff going on with family health uh, situation. We love you, man. We love that you take time out of yeah. your day to be here with us, and we appreciate that. And we just want to say we're sending you all the good vibes, all the love, thoughts, and prayers, whatever it is that you do. Whisper Nation's rallying around you right now and uh, just sending you all the love for you and your family and your loved ones. So we love you, bro, Cal. Josh saying he, he loves us. We love you guys. We just do it for Whisper yeah. Nation. So that's I just wanted to get up there and say that a little bit. Uh, Thank you, Travis. But going into the football portion of this, I really like this team. I didn't think I was going to based on some of the way it worked out. But Diggs, like not pe- people aren't talking about Diggs is like one of the few wide receivers in this range that we don't really have questions about. Like we know yeah. he's a great quarterback. He mm-hmm. should be a smash. Like, um, and I think he had a, a low, a low, a down year efficiency wise last year. So people are like. Oh, but like Johnny was talking about Dawson Knox, some peak things that happened last year that broke away. He was the number seven wide receiver last year. It was just a slow start. I don't Mm -hmm. think it's out of the realm that he could be the number one wide receiver again this year. I really don't. It's just based on the offense. And if we love, we want to invest in Gabe Davis and Dawson Knox, the answer might just be Stephon Diggs, dude. Like, just go with that. So anyways, uh, that's just to say that I really like the wide receivers. To get Cooper as my third, Tony and Boyd, I think were great picks at their – uh, perspective costs. I thought Burrow fell a little bit in this draft, which I like the yeah. value to get Burrow here. I love what you did. If you don't love Connor and Gibson, and I don't particularly love them based on the range and the trajectory of, of, of running backs with Connor's age and Gibson's like situation. I love what you did to pair it with Tony Pollard and CEH. Like we want to dunk on CEH, but in the eighth round, he could be an RB two, three plug and play for you on a really good offense. So 
I like it. Um, and I thought he did well at the tight end to double tap it there again. I think there's huge upside. If Burrow isn't the voluminous passer that we think he needs to be to get there, then you ride it out to Watson's back. Let's say he gets a half year suspension. Then you got jet fuel for your playoff run. And I think yeah. this team's a contender in my eye. Could could falter a little bit. I think I could go playoff, but I like it. I think it's a contender for me. If this is healthy, it's a contender. Like I'm literally just being like, oh, James yeah. Connor's gonna get hurt. I just I'm, I'm like I'm telling myself yeah. stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, like Stefan Diggs was a wide receiver one last year, even though he had the slow start, and that's back to back wide receiver one season finishes. He's 28. He's gonna like Devontae Adams, he's not gonna be as good as he was last year, but that's fine. Like, yeah, yeah I, I I'm I'm talking myself out of this being right. a contender. Right. Yeah. And then I want to get nitpicking like, Will, what I what I think he could have done a little bit better at the quarterbacking spot is taken Jalen Hurts instead of Joe Burrow and right. then picked up Matt Stafford instead of CEH. And it's like, all right, fine, maybe. But like he got Joe Burrow and Deshaun Watson. Like this should be this should be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I think he just got all the players at the right spot when I look at it. You know, it's just like it was really good value from this angle. What about you, Johnny? Anything else Adams in the Brooke first? House? I think, yeah, I mean, I have the same concerns about the running backs as, as you do, Austin. But again, for like the, like literally, if I were to give any advice, it would be like, oh, instead of taking like Tony Pollard and, and, uh, CH, like if he had Penny and Chase Edmonds, I'd have to, I'd be like, this, this dude's got it. Absolutely, hands down. Um, but it's just, but I still think he's going to be okay, especially because it's a PPR, like, I think he'll be he'll be fine. And yeah. you know, like you said, like we're kind of baking in like, oh, they're probably not gonna stay healthy. But there is a reality, like James Conner still gets ten plus tutties. Uh Gibson does still retain that uh because he's had ten tutties twice in his career. So um yeah, I I mean it's it's definitely a playoff team. Borderline could be a contender, uh, as long as his players, uh his running backs stay healthy. I'm right there with you both, Whisper Nation, and we are with you, and you are with us, and isn't that fucking beautiful living this thing called life together? We've got our fourth annual mock draft marathon coming your way this weekend, Saturday, 10 a.m. Pacific, all the way through Sunday, 10 p.m., 10 a.m. Pacific. It's going to be... 24 mock drafts every hour on the hour. Make sure you are liked and subscribed to catch all of that good stuff coming your way. Big Travi, what did I fail to say today? What did I what did I miss? Nothing, man. You did an excellent job. I always appreciate your effort here. And Johnny and Troy. Thanks to Troy for yeah, big mock with us today. Uh I did notice you tried to sneak in 12 more hours into the mock draft marathon. That's how much we love it. We're trying to get 12 more hours in there. No, but it will be 24 hours. The best in the industry are joining us for a fourth year in a row, just to echo what Austin said. So make sure you're subscribed. You hit that notification. And I know it's not, I know it's kind of taboo to share this page with your league mates, but just do it just for this weekend, share it, let them be in on the mock draft craziness. They're going to love it. We got our Mike and our boy, Mike in the chat saying he's going to be in on the mock draft marathon. That's right. So yep. uh, everybody's going to be here having a good time. You want to be here too. Johnny, what did we miss? Uh, just an awesome time. If you didn't join the whole stream, that's it. You weren't here. You missed a good fucking time. That's what you missed. I guess we'll take that as a good sign off. Yeah. We love you, Whisper Nation. We love drafting along with us. See you on Sunday morning. Classic Mike says that. We'll see you yeah. when we see you. We will be here. On behalf of Johnny Game Time Hicks, Big Travi, I'm Austin Sear with the Fantasy Whispers. We're out. Peace. Peace. Craft Marathon. What is this? 
It's consecutive mock drafts for a total of 24 hours. Requires hours and even years of preparation. Which is a little bit controversial, but- Are you shitting me, Johnny? I didn't plan that, I swear. I can pretty much say 100%. Something that you really love to do. Well, the games begin. Somebody came in and stole Johnny and they're hijacking his draft. Are you gonna blame it on his 78-year-old neighbor? Damn it, you guys stuck in a super flex? I knew it. Ball is gonna taste different than this meatball. That's not that bad from a flex. Outliers decide fantasy Stand out above the crowd. About the same set of 200 players, and it never gets old.